Hey guys, um, just a quick heads up, uh, this week's episode is a lot shorter than usual because Tom had to leave halfway through and, um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, just, just a heads up, uh, this episode is pretty depressing, so just, just, uh, just, just keep that in mind, so it's not gonna be like, ha ha ha, like, there's gonna be a lot of laughs and stuff like that, but it's, it's, a it's a lot more depressing than usual, so keep that in mind while you're listening to this, and, uh, Hopefully we'll come back with a longer episode next time. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of El Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's nothing to talk about this week. This week is just... Ah! It's given me nothing. Nothing! It's a very very depressing week as well. (laughs) What what we got to talk about. That's pretty much all I'm going to say. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just going to start with the most obvious one. We're we're just going to get this one out the way first because it's the least depressing. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, depending on on your perspective, but uh, we can add another thing. We can add another fucked up thing to the Power Rangers franchise. Oh, yes, we can. Very, very, very sadly. No. So apparently, what happened, and this is real. This is no bullshit. This actually happened. Someone tried to assassinate Jason David Frank at a comic convention. Did yeah. I believe he was the Punisher? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You do wonder about people's mental state and health sometimes. They make them go and do stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and usually we we don't touch about on topics such as this, but this shocked me. This legit shocked the shit out of me because uh, what can you say? You know, it's like I mean, people go to these conventions because they want to get away from the bullshit that's going on in the world, and the fact that 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 these places aren't even safe anymore just. Uh, it's just a uh, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. For those who are wondering, um, I think it was in Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Um, at Phoenix Comic Con. Um, normal routine day. I think it was the first day of the actual con itself, or the second day. I can't remember. But um, what happened was um, a guy um, managed to get in a live loaded gun into the convention center and luckily, thank you, uh, thank you to the security team and for the Phoenix the Police Department, they managed to retain the, sus- the suspect without anyone getting hurt or harmed in the meantime of it. But as I was going for the news reports, um, ABC covered this. I'm not 100% sure any other news outlets have covered this as well, but they're probably more than likely that the venue people who are running the venue and the security team, when they were questioned about it by the, the press, um, they admitted that they didn't lock the back door for, for, for the event in the actual building, and he got through the back entrance. Yep. And by a door that wasn't locked and was unmanned. Yep. By <laughs> and I just want to quickly mention this. I used to work in security, and I've done it for five years, and Jesus Christ, that is a fuck-up. A massive fuck-up. Um, have you ever, do you remember the Simpsons episode with Homer's brother? Yes, I remember. With the car and then the the headline that reads, Blunder of the Century? 
Yep. Oh, God. That—that's the—that's the con. <laughs> that is the con, and that's the con staff in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that was uh, awkward. Um, since that, um, Jason David Frank has made a statement. If you haven't seen it, you can go over to his Facebook page and Twitter page. I know it's up there, but um, yeah, it, it was something scary. It. Like he, he seemed very calm and collected in the video. Did you um, got that feeling? I mean, the guy was a former MMA fighter, and he's a gun owner, so I don't think that much phases him. To be quite honest, no. Well, Pete's like he did Power Rangers. I think that's probably the biggest scar in his life. Hey, all, but you, <laughs> you, you know, but. He's, he he seemed, seemed like he wasn't rattled by it personally, but um, he he did admit it. Yeah, it was scary, but you know he's not going to let it stop stop him getting on with his day to day life, which was being a as he said a quote unquote celebrity, you know. Because he's been doing the convention set, um, circuit for I think yes. since twenty fourteen. He's been doing the convention circuit, yeah. so yeah, a good couple of years he's, now. Yeah, so he's not going to let it phase him. Yeah, so he did say that his family and his daughter were, um, his wife and his family, daughter basically were upset when they heard the news, but he told them, look, everything's fine. The police done their job. I'm safe, but I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to continue, going to be here, continue seeing, seeing throughout the dates, you know? Because again, it's like, like I said, people go to these conventions because they want, you know, to get away from the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now, but just to be, you know, just to be reminded of it is just, just horrifying. Yeah. Whatever I mean, it's like, um, I was speaking to my family friend. I did mention this to a door before we started the podcast. Uh, my mum's friend, um, is an event organizer. So she's in charge of organizing events like comic con, for instance, in here in the UK, in London, and I did ask her about it. She said that's a massive oversight from anyone's part, you know. But it's it, running something that big as a comic convention take a lot of hard work. So you know, it's understandable they might miss something. Unfortunately, they missed the back door, literally. You know. I mean, yeah, it depends. Especially if it's a large convention center, you're you're bound to miss something, but. Again, these con, especially if you go to like big cons, they're heavy on security. Yeah, like they're really heavy, and I've been to like two big, three big cons, and they were really heavy on security. Yeah, you know, and they kind of have to be, and I kind of, I, I feel sorry for the cosplayers because, like Frank said, it's like it, this is gonna affect cosplay moving forward because you know a lot of people like to make prop weapons and. You know, <sighs> well, there was, um, with like I mentioned, um, here in London, it literally just this weekend has just gone to the time this recording. Um, yeah, they did ban certain weapons at appearing at sort of thing. And keep in mind, during the time this recording, when this, this did happen, we just had the terrorist attack on Manchester here in the UK, and um, you can imagine that, and then the whole thing with the con thing, you can imagine how tight they were on security there. I know Phoenix Comic Con, I know they, um, after Real Weapons Assault, I think they have banned um, weapons, um, firearms, basically anything that looked like a firearm or weapons. They banned it from the con. I don't know if they're going to 
uplift that for the next foreign combat. Apparently, after that, they banned all weapons, and that's including lifesavers. Lifesavers? <laughs> no, seriously, uh, weapons from fictional shows. Apparently, um, yeah, uh, I'll read out the statement here. Uh, Phoenix Comic Con has forented a list of items banned by this move, including but not limited to the following. Basically, basically um, eagle weapons like swords, knives, throwing knives, stars, etc., impact weapons, club, bats, staffs, nunchuck shields, hammers, martial art weapons, um, archery weapon, crossbows, bows, arrows of all type. And then here's the best one. Weapons from fictional sources, lifesaver, plasma weapons, laser and uh, photon rifles. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they so, actually made a statement on it. <laughs> so the only thing you can cosplay as is Doctor Who because they didn't ban sonic screwdrivers yet. <laughs> oh, you, you, you know, they probably say something along the lines of um, say, oh no, look, here, here's a real weapon, oh dear. You know, it's a knife. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know I can understand, like, okay, swords. Uh, yeah, I understand. It's always been a controversy at these things where it's like, okay, you can't, you can't have realistic swords. That's always been a rule, and you couldn't have any any blades or swords. You know, they're realistic. You are allowed to sell them, but they have to be contained. You know, in in packaging until they leave the center. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So that was always been a rule. That that's been a rule since two thousand nine. I've been to the two thousand nine Comic Con at at San Diego, and they had that rule. And that's been around for a while now. And I remember you could show weapons like in display cases, but you could you know you weren't allowed to you know touch them. Yeah, I mean, I remember at London um, MCM Comic Con, you can have weapons, but. You need to make sure it's obviously it's not real. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, well, but um, like I said, it, it never really has been a problem um, here in London, but um, with with anything like that. But now because this happened, I can imagine it's going to affect worldwide on cosplaying, and also I think security measures are even going to make going to be even harder now for convention on convention comic, comic conventions now. You know. It's going to be a nightmare now. Yeah. Because, again, you know, the problem with I have personally, and I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a political statement, but I kind of have to here because I hate it whenever a tragedy happens and then you know what happens after that. You have the nanny state come out and they're like, no, no, we have to do this because we have to keep you safe. We have to keep you safe. And it's just like, we're not children, okay? Like, there's a difference between keeping someone safe and, 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 you know, treating them like children. Yeah. So, it's it's it sucks, but, you know, what can you do? You know? A guy got in, and, uh, you know, it's, you know... The, I'm, I'm not going to mince words here. The con is at fault as well because they're stupid enough to not have someone guard the back fucking door and leave it open. You know, it's just ludicrous. Yeah, it's it's just retarded. It really is, and and uh, and shame on the convention staff. Shame on them for letting something this stupid uh, happen. This call could have been avoided if they had just someone lock lock the door and and keep a lookout for it. 
definitely for sure. So yeah, that's all. I, just another, just another fucked up thing you can add to the Power Rangers franchise. Yep. And for those that don't know, if you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff of the Power Rangers franchise, there's a lot of fucked-up shit <laughs> that that went on that went on with that brand. Yep. It just oh man. It's it's the Power Rangers curse, man. It just it just keeps coming. <laughs> you think you think you're done, but you're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, because like all the rest of the cast, all the original OG Power Ranger was actually at the MCN London Comic Con, so that's actually kind of interesting. Because apparently, when I spoke to my mate Tom about it, who was there filming it, he did he did say that they, they did meant they did talk about it a little bit. <laughs> well, duh. How could they not? Well, yeah. And and for those that don't know, this is like, you know, for example, just giving you an example of like some of the fucked up shit that's happened with Power Rangers in the past. There was what was it, the Blue Ranger getting harassed by the by the producers for being gay and on all the shit he went through during his life. Um, what is it, the Operation Overdrive, um, Black Ranger um, stealing some charity work. And getting himself banned from from every convention ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, who else? Oh, the um, wi- the wild force wild beef. Force. The wild Ouch. force beef. Oh my god, that's a good one. Yeah, but also the red wild force ranger being committed for uh, being done for murder, manslaughter. Yeah, allegedly killing someone with a sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just fucked up. It really is, and and this is just another just another thing that that happens with, with this franchise. It's just you know it is what it is, and and uh, I'm just glad no one got hurt. Yeah. So, and uh, like I said, this is going to be a depressing depressing episode. So we're just going to keep keep moving forward. Um. So. Um, we, we, we talk about celebrity deaths on this, on this show. We've, we've talked about a lot of celebrity deaths in, in the past and, uh, and this is no exception. Yep. Um, let's, let's just get this out the way. Uh, Roger Moore, unfortunately passed away. He's no longer with us. Um, yeah. He, he died from a short battle, battle with cancer from what, what I read in the news reports. And, um. Uh, it's shocking because a lot of people don't know this, but Moore is actually older than Sean Connery. Yeah, he's he died at the age of eighty nine. Yeah, and, and and Connery's like what eighty 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 what eighty two or something. Yeah, he he's in, he's in his early eighties, from what I can remember off the top of my head. Which is kind of funny when you realize that they they replaced. They replaced, they, you know, they, his replacement, uh, for, when they replaced Connery, they replaced him with someone much older than he was, and he played the role well into his 50s. Yeah, they, they were, they, they made that joke saying that he stayed on Bond for a little bit too long. Um, but no, um, like I said, he seemed, out of all the Bonds, he seemed like one of the most genuine, down-to-earth guys um, who have ever played Bond. Um, it's a shame that he has passed away. Um, like I said, he died from a short battle with cancer. Um, I know here in the UK they're doing something nice with him. Um, 
what is it? I know um, on one of the channels, I can't remember which one it was, um, but they did show Live and Let Die on television back a while ago. And I think it's tonight during the time it's recording um, or tomorrow. Um, they're having a special charity fundraising tribute thing to um, Roger Moore. That's right. Um, basically, all the do- anyone who goes to see the film, um, they do, they're doing back to back. Um, I'm trying to remember what two films. It was the first appearance of Jaws. Uh, Spy Who uh, Loved Me, easily the, yes. best, easily the best more Bond movie. Yep, um, Spy Who Loved Me, and I'm trying to remember what the second one is. Hang on, I'm, I'm actually going over the website uh, quickly. Man, Man with a Golden Gun, or what? No, it was not. It's, it's not one of those, but I just remember that uh, basically all proceeds for these events, I think Odeon's running them, and I think they're in, I don't know if they're in selected cinemas, I think it might be worldwide, but it's for one night only, they're going to be showing, um, this, yeah, that's it, um, Moon, and they're showing Spider Love Me and For Your Eyes Only, For Your Eyes. Oh yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I was worried, it's like, oh, they're going to show Moonraker, oh god, is that awful? <laughs> But no, um, they're showing them back to back. So basically, um, the way it's going to work, they start the the program starts, then um, Spy loves me, then they have a break, and then for your eyes only afterwards. Also, interesting bit of trivia: the most bo- watched Bond movie on television in the UK is Live and Let Die. Yeah, I know. It, it <laughs> is literally is um, it is my favorite Bond film. Any single time it's on TV, I watch it. Um. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's not a movie that's aged well because it's, it's it, you can tell it was a movie that oh, it God. was it was made to capitalize on the black exploitation phase of the seventies and it shows. Oh, oh, it was, but I thought it was it, it has that certain charm and it has one of the best chase sequences in any of the bomb films and I think that's the speedboat sequence going down the river. I think that's that whole sequence is so good. Yeah, that's really good, uh, and the villain was really great. He was really yeah. Great. Oh. Oh, it was funny. I, I, the one thing I would say that dates it really, really badly is the air gun. Oh, God, the, that's terrible. Yeah, the gun you shoot someone is, and then, then they blow um, they they blow up. Literally, inflate like a balloon and then blow up. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, and, and, and that's... Because and that's, cause here's the thing with Moore. He's, he's a, his movies are very polarizing because one movie is very down-to-earth. And the others are cartoonish. Yeah, I mean, Live and Let Die is very cartoonish. Moonraker, Jesus Christ. Oh, that, that's oh my, God. Yeah, that's the most moonrakish. Oh, why I say moonrakish? <laughs> moonrakish. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, cartoonish bomb film out there. Well, next, well. I tell you a lie, um, Dino a Day is pretty bad. But oh, yeah. That's so Di- That's. I th- I kind of feel sorry for Brosman because out- outside of Goldeneye, all his other movies like felt because because here's the thing with Brosman, Goldeneye is great, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, and the World Is Not Enough for generic action movies, and and Die Another Day was just a cartoonish superhero movie. Well, it, that that did killed off the Bond franchise for nearly over ten years <laughs> <laughs> until they rebooted it with Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah. Smart decision. <laughs> well, they had to. Have you seen How Die Another Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, I actually went to the theater to see that film. Oh god! <laughs> Back when it first came out in two thousand and two, I think it was. Yeah, yeah two thousand two. 
another bit of trivia. That was Rosamund Pike's first big movie movie role. So and, all, and also that was an attempt. That movie was also an attempt trying to get a spin-off series starring with Halle Berry, which set on an American um, spy company. Yep, that went nowhere. Nope, because the film did so badly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I, I mean, I like more. He's not my favorite Bond, but I can understand his appeal. I mean, he's one of those guys who. Uh, one of my biggest complaints about 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 when people talk about uh, actor, their dream actors who they want to play Bond is like, is is class. And to me, is like if you want to get someone to play Bond, you have to get someone who's really classy. And Moore had a had a level of class that uh, very few actors could match. In my in my honest opinion, and uh, such a shame he's no longer with us. So you know, my condolences go out to his friends and family, and uh, you know. Um, it sucks, man. But you know, eighty nine is a uh, is, is, is a good age to go up to get to, to 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 you know pass away at. It's a long yeah. life. It's a long life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, rest in peace. Yeah. And Spy You Love Me is my favorite Roger Moore Bond movie. For anyone who cares, <laughs> it's good. That's a good choice. <clears throat> Oh god, <laughs> getting choked up and just just talking about this stuff. Um, and right now we have here your door dying. <laughs> sorry, I just sorry, it's hard it's hard recording and, and like trying to drink a bottle of water at the same time. <laughs> oh my god, we, we, guys, we officially had um, one of the one of the people that runs this podcast. Um, drinking and then choke and going down the one wrong windpipe. Oh, <laughs> it's official. It's official. I mean, it's it's a lot to talk about, and and well, you know, this this episode again is is very depressing. And uh, moving on to to probably the most depressing news ever, and uh, that happened recently, and uh, and uh, shit, man, it's 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 hard to tackle this one. It really is because. Because it's it's, I, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Like um, Snyder announced that he was leave, he was leaving he was taking a break from Justice League because um, his daughter committed suicide and he couldn't deal with the pressure anymore. And he yeah, called and he called and he called in his uh, and he called in Whedon to finish up post production work. Yeah. What happened with his daughter? Her daughter committed suicide. Um, this is his daughter from his first marriage. Um, committed suicide back in March, um, around the time when he was in the middle of filming Justice League. And um, I give him credit; he stuck onto the project and saw saw it through. But afterwards, um, when it was all filmed and done, it finally he, got to him. Yeah, it finally got to him and he stepped down. And when he did step down, apparently um, he was the one who requested he wanted Josh Whedon to um, oversee the project and finish it off for him. Um, yeah, um, like I said, it, it is sad. 
um, is it, it, going something through something like that. It's one of these things that you. It's one of these things you should never outlive. If you ever have a child, you should never outlive them. Yeah. You should not. That's and um, I know some people who have gone through that, and it is one of the most tragic, tragically and most upsetting things that can ever happen to you in your life. And, um, yeah, and like I said, um, they are doing the reshoots in the moment. Josh Whedon is overseeing that. So pretty much at the moment they're doing reshoots, filming um, alternative scenes and extra scenes at the moment. Uh, pretty much Zack Snyder got no more hands-on involved with the Justice League project now until it, gets released in theatres because that's they're all down to Josh Whedon now. Um, with Josh Whedon as well, um, that, I mean, because there have been rumours and I think it's been kind of confirmed he's supposed to be doing a back, a um, Batgirl film and um, I think this kind of, kind of confirms it just a little bit because he is involved with the DC film and we're not, we're not, we're, I'm just going to quickly mention this just to get this out of the way but, um, He's not on bad terms with Marvel, Disney, or anything like that. Apparently, Whedon said that he told Kevin Feige beforehand before it broke out in the news, saying, look, I'm going over to Warner Bros. to help him finish off the Justice League film. And he he gave his, his approval to him and said, congratulations, I hope the project goes well for you. And, like I say, Zack Snyder could be all the digital filming. A lot of it's going to be overseas. He doesn't want to go overseas. He just wants to stay home now and look after his wife and his family and his children, you know, I which is a sensible him. decision to do. I no, don't not at all. For that. No. So, like I said, he's, he's not going to be overseeing the project in the stages of um, reshoots and filming extra scenes, all the editing for that matter. Um, that's all going to be down to Josh Whedon now. That's his job. He's he's going to be the person who overseeing everything up to the release of the film now. And that and that's that must be very very um, a lot of pressure on him as well because yeah oh god yeah because he knows like now that now that he's you know officially working with with Warner Brothers now they're gonna they're gonna be watching a close eye on him to to see if he's you know got what it takes to 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 impress them because if he impresses them they're going to give him the Batgirl movie because he wants to do the Batgirl movie yeah I I guarantee when they sat down with him um, to have that meeting with him to sign the contract to finish up the Justice League thing I guarantee that probably that probably they that was a discussion or somewhere in the deal you know saying right okay I do it but I want to to be guaranteed I can do the Batgirl film you know so you know that's you know yeah and again, I don't think he was ever really under contract with Marvel. To be quite honest, he wasn't. You know, he no, didn't, he didn't sign no. a multi-picture no. deal like because Marvel no. doesn't do that with their directors. No, um, that's what I mean. It's like I mean, Josh Whedon has always had a good relationship with Marvel, and um, like I said, he did tell Kevin Feige before that this whole news story broke broke out in the media. Because like I mean, he's he's on good good terms with it. Because at the end of the day, when you think about it, if this Justice Justice League film does not perform and doesn't do well, it's going to have a knock on effect for every single superhero film that's going to come out afterwards. You know, it's a business practice. I I, I know that's considering the subject, what what we're talking about with Zack Snyder's daughter and everything passing, um, committing suicide, but as a business practice. 
um, him coming on Volve is pretty much reassuring Warner Brothers that this film's going to get made and it should perform well. You know, and apparently it was Zack Snyder that requested it should be Josh Whedon to finish off the project. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's I can't imagine um, going through that. No. I, I can't. You know, and 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 just just going through two months because he because he you know she committed suicide in eight, yeah. in March and he you know stayed on till eight, May so. Can't I can't imagine I, I, that. Yeah, I will say this about the fans from both Marvel and D- DC. Um, they've been very, very respectful from what I've seen, to be honest, towards yeah. this news. Yeah. Um, yeah. They haven't bicker about it, and they've been very respectful about it, so I give them a hand to that. But like, like I said, I can't imagine going through something like this. I can't imagine what we must be dealing with at the moment. It's a very, It must be very heartbreaking for him and his wife and for, for, for the rest of his family. And especially, uh, especially when you're a big director of a big budget superhero movie, and you're on, you're on, you're yeah. you're constantly in the news every yeah. single day. Yeah, it's hard to he, keep that private, and that's what he said. He yeah. wanted to keep it private, but he couldn't anymore, and that that sucks. It did. It did explain why, when you, if you've been following this, the the, um, the Justice League news on the film development and stuff like that, when you when you see him giving interviews and stuff like that, he did not look happy. He just looked really upset, and he just looked mostly drained and physically drained. And this does explain why he was like that, you know. And um, it's depressing. <laughs> I, I I think what's going to happen with him now. I think for him, I think he's after Justice League. I think he's going to step away. I can see him taking a huge hiatus after yeah. this because I cannot imagine him going back to work after this. This is just no, yeah. Uh, and I think if he does, when he does come back to work, he won't he won't do a big franchise thing. I think he would just do like a self contained film of his own visual creation. You know, yeah, probably because fuck, man. You know, it's just goddamn. Just, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm hoping he gets through this, and I hope that, uh, you know, um, hoping that the final movie, you know, lives up to expectations now. Yeah, totally. And uh, good news is, um, it's not going to be delayed. It's not going to be pushed back. It's not going to hold production. It's still going as planned. You know, everyone. I know everyone likes to worry nowadays when it comes to movie productions, but it's okay. You know, no, it's, it's fine, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, apparently Warner Bros. wanted to push this back because they, they wanted Zack Snyder to continue, but Zack Snyder said, no, bring Josh Reed and let him finish the film for me. Yeah, good. You know? that, that's what should have happened. Yeah, and the double mean, it's like, they want the film to come out. I mean, Zack Snyder, he'd been working this project for quite a few years now, and I think he wants this project to come out. He wants the fans to see it, you know, to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I, I I can understand why why they made the decision, why they did the re, um, why they did change of it and stuff like that. It, it was a mutual dis, mutual decision, and apparently it was Zack Snyder's decision to step down from the project and let someone else take on after him. You know. And yeah, and I'm happy that that a big studio you know did that because you know so many times you hear studios saying that they don't you know care about about their directors and their vision but you know yeah. you know good on them good on mm-hmm. Warner Brothers for giving him for giving him the time to grieve 
So yeah. Ooh boy. <laughs> I told you it was depressing. One. Told you it was gonna be depressing. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Ah. <sighs> God, can we talk about something lighthearted, please? Because I don't want this oh, to end well, on a on a Okay. Speaking of this is slightly lighthearted, a bit more slighthearted. Um this um last weekend that just came out, we've saw a lot of films been coming out. A lot of films have been doing a lot of work well at the box office at the moment. Oh, you mean King Arthur? King Arthur, Baywatch, um Alien Covenant. Good, fuck that movie. Jesus Christ, a lot of these films that have meant to be coming out for the summer blockbuster have been tanking really, really bad. Even Pirates of the Caribbean, the new one that just came out, hasn't been, been performing that well. Oh, you mean Disney resurrecting a dead franchise and it ends up biting them in the ass? Gee, who would have thunk it? <laughs> I know, right? And it's just... Oh my god, what on earth has, has happened at the moment at the box office? You, you know, it just almost is like... You kind of screwed the print on this, guys. You know, and, and the thing was, I guarantee Disney were banking on Pirate Caribbean to make a lot of money. I, I kind of feel sorry for Disney because if you pay attention to their to their to their movie to their movie division, they're trying so hard to get something else off the ground that isn't Star Wars or Marvel, and it's not working. Yeah, and they keep turning to Pixar. You got something? Oh no, 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 we 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 don't have something for for, for the next three years. Fuck. <laughs> like that's what that's what makes me laugh. It's like they had what was it, Alice in Wonderland that flopped. They had Beauty and the Beast that underperformed. They had Cinderella that underperformed. Maleficent that underperformed. Pete's Dragon, remember that? <laughs> no one yeah, saw then, that. <laughs> out of all their live action films that have done well, the only one I can think of is actually Jungle Book. Actually, did well. That was the last. The, that was the last franchise they had. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it, it has not done well at the box office. And again, it's um. Yeah, that, like I said. Um, also, have you heard about about what happened with Pirates of the Caribbean as well? Um, it's been. It ran into some really serious problems. Oh, what happened now? Okay, right. I'm just going to say up to these words. Um, ransom. Ransom affair. What the fuck? Okay, um, I can send you a link, a link to it. But what happened was hackers were holding Disney's largest Pirate Caribbean film for ransom. Oh, I know. I, I heard about this where someone hacked, hacked, hacked yeah. the movie and they're like, We'll give you the movie, you know, if you don't pay our ransom, we'll just release a couple seconds of the movie uh, online. <laughs> yeah, this is almost as bad what happened with, what was it, 20th Century Fox with, um, you remember Wolverine Orgium and the whole tire, was it, like, one of the early cuts of the film got released online? Oh, where some asshole left the DVD um, on, on, a, on, a, on a shelf and it said Wolverine DVD copy. Yeah, and someone took it. Yep. This has happened so many times. It happened to, was it, not the last series of Doctor Who, but the series beforehand. Um, someone managed to, managed to swipe the first four episodes of that show and put it on online, the unfinished edits of them. 
Oh god, I remember that. <laughs> and apparently um, Disney refused to work with the FBI in order to identify the group. So I'm actually really, really curious about that. I'm guessing they don't care that much because they're like, unless they release, you know, some uh, bits of the movie, then we don't care. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I, and, so, and from from what I hear, they haven't done that, so maybe it's just an empty threat. Maybe they I haven't don't done know. it. The film's already out here in the UK. Well, I mean, so, I mean, it's already out, so empty threats are empty threats now. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. So it's already out. So who cares? Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, we have to wrap this up. Sorry for that. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye.